Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. NFL's in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. If football betting is not your thing, well, you only have a month to go until the NBA is back in action. So, for everything from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It literally never closes. So, head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome into this week's Believe in Wizards. As of this moment, we have a brand new member of the Washington Wizards, actually two in fact. The Wizards took Denny Avdia forward from Israel at number nine and Michigan State point guard Cassius Winston at number 53 after trading down from 57. So Larry, what are your first thoughts here? What, what do you like, dislike, how'd they do? I think it's all relative at the moment. Uh, again, because we haven't saw a lot of these players and we don't understand exactly what the season will look like. So I think it's good that the Wizards picked up some talent, you know, to, to add to what they have. And then, you know, you see how, you know, training camp goes. And with the two-way deals, I mean, that's going to be huge, I think, coming up. And then also free agency. So it's, this is just one piece of, you know, of the puzzle that these guys are, are putting together. In most years, I would probably have no firsthand knowledge of, of this guy. I did watch two games uh, when their their league started back up in the spring. There was no NBA basketball, so I paid for the one-month subscription to some of the EuroLeague games, and uh, he looked pretty good. And he was, I think, the Israeli league MVP, I want to say, for their, their restart portion. And I think just the biggest selling point is that the teams in the top five were, were all talking about this guy. He heard his name with Golden State a lot as sort of their plan if Wiseman wasn't there. And then both Chicago and Cleveland at four and five were kind of heavily rumored. So at the end of the day, if you can at least walk away as Tommy Shepard and say, hey, I got a guy at nine that people wanted at two, it probably at least shields you a little bit from criticism down the road, I would think. Yeah, and I think that top half, you know, you're one through 10. Obviously, you'll have one through three, one through four is usually pretty set and pretty standard this year obviously it was definitely different with with Patrick Williams sliding in there at, at four but typically you know one through three one through four is, is is pretty set so if you can get some movement and get a guy that's in that top 10 whether you get him high you know you get him higher than you thought you would get them I think that that's that's a benefit I was personally kind of holding out for Obi Toppin I again I know there's some complaints about the fit and stuff but I just thought it would have been fun to watch at least. And if my team's never going to be really that good, I'd at least like to to have some entertaining dudes. But uh, it, it sounds like he's a good pickup. And then the uh, second round pick they got, Cassius Winston, somebody I'm very familiar with as a Maryland and Big Ten fan. He cut our hearts out a couple times. 
What do you think about Cassius Winston? I think he's a solid guy. I think he's a solid guy who's, who's proven uh, in a program that's the coach is very hard on his players, very hard on his on his point guards. That you know he's come out on top a lot. Like you said, he's a guy that competes at a high level. Um, he's not going to be uh, scared, you know, as, as far as the pro competition goes. I think he's a guy that that's been fighting for the majority of his life, so he won't have a problem going in and you know fighting and making it people around him better and but also he has to earn a spot I was a little surprised to be honest with you I thought there were a lot of guys they could get at 37 that helped us the results of the deal have come out they got cash considerations which I don't know if that's to clear up space to try to keep Bertans and they also got a 2024 second round pick and gave up Admiral Schofield in the process so I, I didn't see that Schofield part until earlier today which I don't think Wizards fans are going to have too much heartburn over after how limited playing time he got this year. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I would say about Cash Winston is, is he fits the mantra of like good, high-character guy that they're trying to get. Everybody raves about him in college basketball, and that's never a bad thing from a point guard is to be solid and everybody you know like you and get along with you. Yeah, my, my thing, man, is with these picks, especially late, you have to, you have to pick someone. Um, these guys are... are trading picks and moving guys around at a, at a, at a very fast pace. Uh, and obviously with, you know, with what we're dealing with, with the pandemic, you know, just understanding what your staffing needs are really going to be and to, you know, pick a quality guy, which you deem a quality guy. I mean, it's just, these are uncertain things that we have, you know, surrounding the draft of, of what do we think the general manager, what, what is the real direction? What are they really trying to combat, you know, with their picks and, and how they plan to move forward with this, you know, compressed sort of season with everything going on. In media availability yesterday, Tommy Shepard said uh, that this guy was at the top of our board of all the remaining guys and, you know, fit and all that stuff went out the window. We just said this guy was clearly the top and he was too talented not to take. Do you, do you buy that? No, that, that's the feel good, you know, the stories that the player can read, you know, afterwards as far as to where he went to, you know, try to comfort a player in, in a way. But I, I don't really buy into that. I mean, these guys are, are moving around on the board constantly. So no one is really guaranteed until, you know, they're signed on the line. And someone will tell you that they'll pick someone or they'll be mm -hmm. high on someone else's board just so you can put them on your board. Sure. Uh, and it, it's a distraction game for me. Uh, the, the, the Cassius Winston pick, it, it reminds me of a guy we talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, in a guy like Steve Blake, you know, one at the college level, not like overwhelmingly oppressive physically, but he can shoot it. He's solid. He's gritty. Uh, and it's just somebody the team's seen a lot of tape on. So I think you feel pretty confident. You know what you're going to get. And if he had a 10-year NBA career of just even being a solid backup, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and I think the, the other thing that goes into that is they opened up a roster spot. Mm -hmm. And again, you get a quality player, but you also are able to open up a roster spot. So again, you talk about staffing. What are we really going to need? to compete, you know, with everything that's going on. So obviously an open roster spot, you can offer that, you know, to someone of quality. This was a year too, I think, where because of the sort of uncertain nature, you had guys that people talked about going in the thirties that ended up going undrafted. And Winston had, you know, some of these major mock drafts had him in like the late twenties or early thirties and you get him at 50 something, 53. I was assuming that the Wizards would be really active on the undrafted free agent market. There were a couple of big names. I haven't seen any signings as of, you know, thir late Thursday afternoon when we we're recording this, but uh, there was a guy particularly that I like to watch at Gonzaga, Killian Tilly, 
big six foot ten French guy, really shoots it. I figured if you lose Bertans, that would have been the kind of guy that uh, you know you could pick up. But he's been perpetually injured for like three seasons, so I, I think he should have been a first round pick talent wise. Didn't get drafted. I'm not saying that's a name that they had to go after, but I, I'm a little surprised that, like you said, we've got an open roster spot. You know, maybe you try to add a two way or guys that could eventually fill that spot. Yeah, no, I'm not making excuses, you know, whatsoever, but I'm sure that the scouting process was was much more different mm-hmm. than, than it, you know, would normally be, obviously. And after you have the draft and, you know, you know, those things kind of start to move a little bit easier and a little bit quicker now. Maybe the fact is, you know, some of these scouts haven't seen these guys. Yeah. And to offer them a two-way deal, it's like, you know, you're, you're going into the blind again. So it, it may take a little bit of time to – to get that rolling, but I think that that's a, I mean, that's, that's a great way to, to a farming system to, to get quality people in um, and fit exactly what the player needs, but also fit what the organization needs as well. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the G league this year. The wizards were finally starting to make use of that the way some other teams had successfully. And uh, right as you get that rolling, it, it seems at least reasonably likely there's not like a normal G league season this year. So I don't know if all these teams will end up fielding two ways or how that works. And, you know, if you can't go back and forth between another team, I, I don't know how you have a two way. That's, that's a good point. That, that's a good point. So Larry, I was, I was really excited while we were sitting there. A couple names that had been linked to the wizards had, had started to fall. And obviously Avdio was one of them, but I did a, a draft guide for bullets forever and didn't even mention Avdia as a possibility for the wizards. Cause I thought he would guaranteed to be gone by nine, but I had Obi Toppin at the top of my wish list in that guide. And I, when he got to eight, man, I, I was fist pumping in the living room. What did, what did you think? And did you think he would make it to the wizards? I thought, I thought he would, you know, I thought he would. I'm looking at, you know, the wizards landscape of, you know, obviously having, you know, wall and build there, not, you know, knowing everything is, is, is uncertain, but not thinking they would draft a guard, right? Mm-hmm. And a, a guy like Obi with size, and I don't think we really understand what his game is going to look like in the pros when there's more spacing. Um, you know, it's one dribble to get to the basket from the three-point line. Um, so I was interested in, in, you know, that guy falling, you know, to the Wizards as a, I don't know, as a, Three, four, maybe. I mean, obviously, you got you got Hachi, but I mean, this is a, an athletic guy who's just scratching the surface of of who he is. So, good pickup by the Knicks, I guess. And everybody kind of hated on the fit there for them about like, well, their whole roster is power forwards. I'm like, they're not keeping guys like Bobby Portis long term anyway. Like, you shouldn't not draft a guy like Obi because you have, uh, you know, Bobby Portis on an expiring contractor. Even Julius Randle, who I actually think is a good player, but those guys aren't your long-term future. So I, I don't buy the, like, oh, he didn't fill a need thing. Yeah, no, I think the, the nature of the game is, is really stockpiling picks. Yeah. And, you know, essentially you get guys that are 6'5", 6'6", six, 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 six to 6'9", six, that, that are in that forward, you know, sort of spot. And those guys are, are very talented. You look at the wing play whether you're a power forward or a small forward, I think that things are, are teetering back and forth. So I think, you know, you, you have to keep everything open because these guys are, are looking to, to get young talent and then turn them into to a winning situation. One of the things they had, had talked to some folks around Obi about some of his college teammates, uh, they, they all came out and said, it's not that he can't defend. He just got really bored with it the last two years. So 
Uh, you know, he just didn't really try to defend. And I just probably wouldn't say that sort of thing out loud if it were me. Like, oh, I could do it. I just chose not to. Maybe you do the whole like, hey, I, I couldn't afford to get in foul trouble argument. But just it just seems bad to say like defense is boring before someone drafts you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. In, in defense, a lot of it relies on, you know, how committed you are to your conditioning, you know, how committed you are to, you know, just being prepared. And I think that that speaks a lot to a guy uh, when you're talking about coming into the NBA, all of this bucket getter talk and, you know, he gets buckets, like that's really irrelevant coming into the NBA. Like you got to feel your way around first. And a lot of that starts on the defensive end of just understanding the concepts. Cause I think being a good defensive player helps you be a better offensive player. So I think it's just, just a mind switch of how, who's prepping these guys, who's having conversation with these guys about, you know, what, what's more important in the NBA game and, and how a lot of people don't focus on defense when that's kind of that, you know, that hidden gem that'll keep you on the court. And I think there's just a lot of like misconceptions about who actually is a good defender because I saw a lot of the sort of Twitter verse last night from, from the wizard side, like, we needed a defender, somebody who can guard on the wing, and we took this Avdia kid. You know, he should be bagging groceries somewhere. And it's like, he was actually a pretty good defender. I mean, I have no basis for how good the, you know, Israeli league competition is, but the Euro league guys are pretty good. And even in limited minutes, he, he looked, at least looked like he was working his ass off. And that's at least a pretty good place to start, I would think. Yeah, you have to want to do it. I think if you want to do it, then you're able to watch film and you're able to understand how you can be better. But if you have no interest in wanting to play defense, you're going to watch film in a whole different way. You're just waiting for the next transition so you can see the offensive play. But I think the first step to, you know, obviously being a, a defensive player is wanting to play defense and giving effort. Mm-hmm. And what fans realize is that the players that are out there just hustling will end up or, you know, just be in the right spot just for the sheer fact that they're hustling. And that's, you know, that's a skill. One of the things for Avdia too, when, when he did the media availability for the team was people kept asking about his individual goals. Hey, you were, you know, rookie of the year in one league or MVP of another league. And what do you think you'll do as a rookie here? And he's like, I've been a winner my entire life. Every team I've been on at every level wins whatever league it's a part of. So I'm going to try to help this team win. I don't care if I come off the bench. I don't care. And like somebody else asked him if, you know, he was ready to come. Like someone said, are you the steal of the draft or are you a project that's going to take a few years? And he's like, I, I don't listen to any of that. I'm just going to do what I can. And there's only so much I can control. Like, I love that answer. Like it, it might be like polished, you know, the PR team gave it to you, but it's still the right thing to say, I think. Well, that's important. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's the perception of you. Even if, if your PR team gave it to you, sure. as long as you, you know, executed the right way, I think that that's an advantage for you. Because again, when we talk about the levels that these kids are playing at, you know, whether they're coming in a freshman or coming in a junior, whether they're coming in from overseas, I think it's, it's a transition. It's a change. Those things may not transfer to the NBA right away. All right, everybody. We're here with Matt Babcock from Babcock Hoops. Matt, thanks for joining us. We just want to pick your brain a little bit. Uh, how did our Washington Wizards do in this draft? Well, I think they did uh, very well. I mean, I didn't expect uh, Denny to be there, and so to get him at nine, I mean, you know, for one, that's a the high you know value pick at that you know at that stage in the draft, and uh, I think he fits their team well too. I mean, he's you know six nine, versatile forward, uh, can play the three or the four. 
uh, you know, do some secondary ball handling and playmaking for him. And uh, yeah, I think he's got a lot, a lot of upside. So that, you know, Wizards fans should be excited about that pick. Matt, talk to me about his his, his pace. Right, you, you've you've watched him play o- over overseas. How is his his pace? How is his start and stop? I mean, just kind of thinking about Luca and his ability to get to where he wants to go. Uh, what, what's what's Denny's pace like? You know, I mean, plays really hard. Play, plays fast. I mean, he's great in transition. I mean, you know, like I mentioned, a lot of point forward type type skills. Um, and uh, you know, I think as far as pace goes, you know, I think he's kind of at a you know a guy that plays at one speed at, at this point. I think that's something he could probably work on. Uh, you know, adding to his offensive arsenal of uh, you know picking, choosing spots, changing speeds. You know, adding a lot of like the Luka Doncic type stuff. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely, a kid that plays hard, a high motor guy, and he's uh, he's deceptively athletic. He's he's actually he's extremely fast and uh, can play above the rim as well. Can he guard anybody? That's what Wizards fans want to know first and foremost. We we could use a little of that. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, that's, uh, you know, that those are his key attributes, but, you know, he plays really hard. He's got a nice physical profile. Uh, I mean, they list him 6'9", 215, but he's, you know, he's, uh, he seems to be adding some muscle. I think he's going to be a pretty, pretty big, pretty big guy that can legitimately guard threes and fours, uh, sometimes small ball fives, uh, and maybe even some twos. I mean, he moves pretty well. Any real comparison to Jan Vesely? No, he, um, I think Denny's much more perimeter. I mean, I know Jan could shoot it, but I mean, you know, Denny's got really great ball skills, playmaking skills. Uh, you know, he's much more of a perimeter oriented guy. And so even though he can play some four, um, you know, I, I think he's probably more of a three. All of the DC area has some amount of PTSD from, from that being our last kind of former Euro league uh, international prospect. So as much as we can kind of differentiate the two for them, I, I think that'll make everybody make everybody feel a lot better. Makes sense. One other thing people want to know is can can Denny and Rui play together? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, Denny's got so much versatility. I think he get you know, they, you know, the Wizards really could put out a lot of interesting lineups. Uh, I mean, I think Troy Brown's very versatile. I'm um, obviously, he, you know, he's really good on ball, even though he's penciled in as a three. Um, you know, and they, they even could go with some small ball lineups. Maybe play you know Rui's uh, some small ball five at times. Uh, yeah, so I, I like I like what they've got going here, and I think there's a lot of versatility top to bottom with their with their top guys. Matt, how, how about the the last pick with uh, Winston? How do you see him uh, fitting in? Likes and dislikes of, of his game. Yeah, so Cassius is, is a tough one to evaluate. You know, his physical profile is, is very underwhelming. You know, he's smaller. Uh, you know, not very athletic. Uh, but you know, with him, he's just he's a proven winner. I mean, did really well, you know, the Izzo system at Michigan State. And, and he's just a guy that, you know, you, you want on your team, you want your locker room, you know, sort, sort of a, you know, a culture setter. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, you know, not overwhelmingly talented, uh, but just a, a kid you don't want to bet against. One of the comps I tried to make here, Matt, was to Larry's former teammate, Steve Blake, from a perspective of he won a lot in college, you know, pretty smart, tough good locker room presence, going to kind of set the tone for people and just be like a real solid, you know, leader off the bench. Do you, do you buy that at all? Yeah, no, I can see that comparison. Obviously, that you know, different different players, but I mean, yeah, a lot of the same, uh, you know, bring a lot of the same intangibles to the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, Steve, you know, had the great career at Maryland and, you know, doesn't blow you, you know, never blew you away with, uh, you know, his athleticism or, or talent. He's just, you know, he's a good player that you can rely on. And that's that's how Cassius is. You know, it's, uh, I mean, he's been doing it for a while at Michigan State. And uh, I don't see a reason why, you know, you couldn't put him in a game next year and, you know, you know play some backup point guard minutes. What's the, what's the overall grade that, that the Wizards get for the draft? 
Oh, I'll give him an A for sure. I mean, getting Denny at nine, I mean, that's that's a home run. I, I you know, like I said, I, I didn't think he'd be there. I had him projected to go uh, four to Chicago. Uh, you know, even though I had heard the rumors about Patrick Williams there, uh, I didn't I didn't fully buy it, and so I, I was a little surprised when, when they he actually called his name. And uh, yeah, Denny at nine, just you know, sl- slam dunk pick. There'd been some talk about him even at two. You know, I don't. I mean, I think at some point, uh, Golden State was rumored to like everybody in the draft, but still, wh- why? What do you think? I mean. Why did Denny end up available at nine after being rumored a lot higher? Uh, it was just circumstantial. I mean, the, the two picks that really kind of threw a curveball on things were, were the Patrick Williams pick and then Isaac Okoro at five to Cleveland. Uh, you know, most people thought Denny was going to go four to Chicago. I thought Obi Toppin was close to a done deal with Cleveland. Uh, so just push, push back. You know, I think Toppin and Avdia uh, were the guys that got pushed back because of those picks. Uh, so I, it wasn't a deal where I, I think he necessarily slipped because any kind of issue or anything like that. It was it's very circumstantial. You saw some places where Cassius Winston was a late first round pick and other places where he was a late second round pick. It just seemed like there was a, a glut of point guards in that mold. Where where did you kind of have him evaluated? Well, I mean, for one, there's just so many point guards in this year's draft. So it was very competitive. I, I did all year have Cassius more as a mid to late second round pick. Uh, I just think the physical limitations, you know, kind of held me back from going it all in as far as him being more of a late first, early second, which, you know, a lot of people did. Um, granted, you know, even though I had him in, in that range as a late second, uh, I do think it's a good pick because I, I do think you put him in a game and you can trust him and rely on him and uh, just, a, you know, good team builder, you know, fill out your roster type, type of player. Uh, one of the other rumors I'd heard, Matt, was that the Wizards were were really into Jalen Smith from Maryland as well. And maybe he got, you know, sort of pushed back one with, with Denny dropping two. Had you heard anything about that? You know, I, I know that he had some interest from, from, from teams in the late lottery. I, I never heard at number nine. Um, the guys that I was expecting them to look at, uh, based on who I thought would be there, I, you know, I didn't think Denny would be, uh, was Devin Vassell uh, and Precious Achua was the big guy that, that I thought they were looking at. Um, and I think it was a deal when, when Denny was there, he was just too good to pass up. What what do you think about the overall choice to to trade back from thirty seven um, and and to trade Schofield and thirty seven to Oklahoma City for I'm gonna screw this name up but Vit Krejci and and some cash. You know, I mean that that pick was probably the biggest surprise of, of the draft, and uh, you know we we uh, I, I watched him on film a little bit. You know, he, he torn his ACL if I remember correctly this past season. Um, he, he really wasn't hot on our radar as a draftable player, and so uh, you know for for you know initially we thought it was the Wizards pick for them taking him at thirty seven. I mean we were we were shocked. Um, you know. The, I don't know how I'd necessarily feel about it. You know, I am a fan of Schofield. At least I was a fan of his in college. Um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I don't have a strong opinion either way on, on that trade, to be honest with you. Uh, last question I got for you here is how good was Denny's competition? Uh, what's the Israeli league like? So, I mean, he played for Maccabi Tel Aviv, which is like the powerhouse in Israel. That that first division is pretty good. Uh, where the real competition was is uh, they were a EuroLeague team. And so essentially he was playing at the highest level of basketball as an 18-year-old, uh, you know, outside of the NBA. And, and he was doing pretty well. And uh, so, I mean, I think it was kind of similar to Luca. I mean, obviously Luca was on an entirely different level, you know, winning EuroLeague MVP. Uh, I still found it really impressive, you know, Denny, you know, being an 18-year-old playing with grown men that, you know, are proven good professional players and, and producing. And so I think that's really going to help him translate to the NBA because, you know, he, he's, he's been playing with grown men and competing at a high level. Um, did anyone stand out as far as to how high they went or did not get drafted? Do you have any sleepers or, 
or anyone that you felt should have got drafted but did not? Yeah, I mean, it's a couple of surprises. The European kid that we talked about, uh, I thought Emmanuel quickly went a lot higher than I expected. Uh, Saban Lee was somewhat of a surprise. Uh, and then the guys that, that, that went later went undrafted. Um, I was surprised Cassius Stanley went 54. I would have expected him to go a lot higher. Uh, Jalen Harris went 59. And then uh, uh, Najee Marshall, uh, Tyshawn Alexander, both went undrafted. I, I was certainly surprised. those Both, both those guys are on two-way contracts now. But uh, those are a few names that, that come to mind. Any sense for how the two ways will work this year if we're not really sure what the G League is going to look like? Yeah, so they, if I remember correctly, they did they did the the, the full salary of it. it it's like four fifty something, and then it will be prorated, and then uh, uh, no limit on days. And so, I mean, the, the, you know, it's actually a good situation for two way players. I think they could end up making quite a bit of money and uh, not not be as limited, uh, you know, their amount of time being with the NBA team. Will they still take up like a secondary roster spot the way they did before, like to make it to 17 instead? Yeah, I believe that's the same. I, I don't I don't know that for sure. I know the memo went out uh, you know, a week or two ago. I, I haven't reviewed it, but uh, I believe all that's the same, just the money and, and, the, and the amount of days, limits on days, it, it changed a, a bit. Do you, do you get to take a week off here now or, or are you already evaluating the 2021 class? Yeah, you know, we, uh, we we had some calls today, just kind of getting organized. Obviously, the college season starts in eight days, and I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, some of these teams, I just I've read the ball, the uh, shutting things down and canceling their first three games. So, not really sure what we're looking at. And uh, I'm talking with some NBA scouts. Some some teams aren't, aren't going to be traveling at all. Some are going to be picking and choosing. A lot of uncertainty, but yeah, we're we're going to get going one way or another as far as you know covering this next year's draft. Matt, uh, thank you for for breaking this down for us a little bit and giving us a little extra perspective. I think a lot of us, if it was uh, OB or somebody we had seen a lot of, we we would have some immediate uh, idea how to feel about it. But but Denny left us all a little bit uh, just sort of unsure how to feel, I think. No, of course. Yeah, no, again, I I mean, you guys should be excited. I think he's a really good player. And, uh, you know, again, at nine, that's just a great pick. And, um, you know, I appreciate you guys reaching out and certainly keep in touch. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure we'll be we'll be following back up with you for our, our next round of stuff here pretty soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, thanks Matt. All right, that was Matt Babcock of Babcock Hoops. So uh, we should be excited. I think that's the the takeaway there. And one of the other things I would be sort of less excited about as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, number one pick Anthony Edwards and and his comments, uh, Larry. He, basically, to summarize it, it was, "Hey, if I could play football, I'd rather play football." To me, I'm not totally mad at somebody saying that so much as I would be mad uh, at the timing of that. And that's probably not exactly what I would want to hear as a fan. What, what do you kind of make of that? I think that that was a little bit of maybe a, a PR slip up. He didn't necessarily know how to express his, you know, his, his love for football. I mean, he is from, from Georgia and obviously they're, you know, they're, they're pushing out athletes uh, left and right. And majority of those those guys are, you know, football guys. I mean, that is football country. And again, I, I play with some players that would much would have rather played football than basketball. And that Allen Iverson, for sure, uh, always talked about he was a better football player than basketball player. Uh, and then LeBron, you know, LeBron always, again, talked about how good he could have been uh, in, in a football game. So I think that it's just a way of, of of him expressing himself. I think he loves basketball. He puts in a, a huge amount of work playing basketball, but it's probably just talking about where he's from and football mm-hmm. is really what they do in Georgia. 
That's that's definitely fair. I, I think the most impressive half of basketball I saw all year was Anthony Edwards playing against Michigan State at Maui. So all you have to do to, to convince me is to play that half of a basketball game, and I'd get over the comments pretty quick, I think. Oh, for, for sure, for sure. And I, like I said, he's a, a younger guy that actually went to college early sure. uh, so he can get on the college campus so he can start to – to work on his basketball game. So I think we can rest assured that he, he loves the basketball game. But again, being from where you're from, you know, football is your first love. You don't get many concussions playing basketball. I think that that's a, a good choice that he made. You got to represent at the end of the day. Uh, all right, before we shut the book here on the draft, uh, Larry, any parting thoughts on what the Wizards did overall or just the draft in general and, and how, you know, how the remote drafting went in your book? No, I, I think the remote drafting was, it was fun. And I think, you know, the young people that were getting drafted, they deserved it. They deserved to be celebrated. Uh, they deserved to figure out how they can be creative and, and bring the outside world, you know, into their world, whether they did it with, you know, just close family members or with their agents or with, at a location that, you know, was close to them. Uh, but for me, I think that I've been in that situation. I've been in those shoes and to be celebrated uh, for making it you know, to the NBA is, is definitely something that I was hoping that they figured out how to incorporate the draft experience into, into the announcement and not just put a bunch of names on the screen. Mm-hmm. So as a former guy being drafted, I was definitely pleased and happy to see that those young people got a chance to experience a night of their name being called and being drafted for sure. My one question, well, first of all, I'm glad they did the hat thing so that they still got their hats, but what happens to all the other hats? Do they get to keep the 29 extras and give them out to family and friends? eBay. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> That's a good call. Um, yeah, and I hope uh, Adam Silver offers them all kind of uh, an IOU on the handshake later in the photo op, because I think that's got to be, you know, as a kid, one of those things that you most look forward to. For years and years, and you know, just the ability to to have your kids see that you know that information. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely it's, it's definitely something that you want to have you know in, in your archives. So I'm sure that they'll get that you know get those pictures done for those guys too. And uh, one more one more uh, feather in the cap of our new draft pick, Denny Avdia. He looked pretty sharp last night, I thought. And I asked him on media availability about where he was posted up and. They rented out like a little event space and he had all the bottles of wine behind him. I'm like, all right, this, this kid's pretty smooth. I, I like that. Well, I mean, international guys, man, the world is, is smaller. And we, you know, we call that he has, he has some swag to him. You know, he has some personality to him. And, and that's good to have being a, being a young kid coming from overseas and uh, coming into a new environment to show your personality, to be who you are. Uh, and, and everything that, that he said, all the questions that he answered, uh, like you said, was really about him being focused on how he can help a team win. And when you bring a good personality that lights up the room, um, you know, you can't be be anything but happy to to draft a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, he's just a likable kid. You know, Rui was a likable kid last year. Like, all the people that have criticized the pick, I would dare you to watch like five minutes of that video and, and see him be enthusiastic about helping the team win and not sort of be swayed by that. Yep. All right, everybody, we're... Uh, we're putting this one, putting a pin in this one. That was the 2020 NBA draft recap. Uh, we'll be back next week with some, you know, the the crazy start of free agency. So uh, we're looking forward to see what the Wizards do to to build out the rest of this roster.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.